KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. Loneliness can be a complicated feeling. You can feel lonely when you're surrounded by a bunch of people, just like you cannot feel lonely when you're home alone. I've always considered myself pretty lucky that I do pretty well by myself and sometimes look forward to being alone. So the concept of loneliness, it really is different for everyone. I think the loneliness happens when your resources are limited. I think the loneliness happens when you lack the social skills necessary to connect with other people. I'm Matt Leon, and today on KYW News Radio In-Depth, we take a look at how loneliness affects us with Delaware Valley licensed clinical psychologist, Dr. Jamie Zuckerman. What causes it? How can we better it? And what can you do to feel less alone? How would you define loneliness? I think loneliness is a very subjective term. I think it's very difficult to look at somebody and assume that they're lonely, right? We have people who are sitting in coffee shops by themselves all the time. It's very difficult to know if they're lonely or not. And we have people that can be in a crowded room and feel like they are disconnected from everybody. So I think it's a very subjective experience. And I think it's based on a whole host of of variables. Um, And I also think it's fluid. I don't think it's something that, you know, people are always lonely. Would you say it leans more towards a physical thing or a mental, emotional thing? I think it's more a mental, emotional thing because, you know, and research shows this too, that, you know, you could be around a hundred people, like I said, and, you know, you could be in a very loving environment. You could be surrounded by family members and at the same time feel lonely. Right. Or you could be home by yourself watching TV and content as could be. So I really think it's more of an emotional but cognitive thing even more so because I think a lot of it has to do with how you perceive your surroundings, how you perceive certain scenarios and how you perceive yourself in relation to other people, meaning your ability to connect with other people and how you see yourself as the same as or different as an outcast and kind of along those lines. And to that point, like how much of it do you think is how we're kind of wired? How much of it is how we grew up, what we were exposed to? Is it kind of a a hodgepodge of, of these things and many other things that kind of how we get to a point where we feel lonely? Yeah, I, I think I think we'd be naive to say it's one thing. I think we'd be naive to say it's two things. I think, you know, to start, absolutely, like you said, it's 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 how we grow up. It's our environment. It's what we're accustomed to. Did we, you know, were we forced into social interactions at all times? Um, were, were our families very kind of um, buttoned up and not, you know, affectionate or emotional. So you kind of just by nature feel by yourself. Um, were you encouraged to make connections? Were you told that you can't trust certain people in the world? You know, I think a lot of it has to do with how you're brought up and how you are taught to view relationships. You know, and the other piece too that I think we don't consider a lot is mental health. Right. So you could be genetically predisposed or, you know, just based on your environment, develop depression or anxiety throughout your lifetime. And we know with depression and anxiety, people often feel very separate and different from other people, even if they're around you know, a ton of other people or people that they love. Um, So I think that we need to consider that as well, that people who tend to have depression, anxiety are naturally going to feel more alone in addition to all the other things. Then you bring in 
the pandemic, right? You bring in the fact that we were all of us, you know, kind of, as I had said, we've spoken about this before, this collective trauma, we all were forced to be socially isolated. Um, And I say socially isolated because it doesn't necessarily mean emotionally isolated, right? Some people always worked from home. Some people loved the pandemic because they loved being away from other people, but some people really took a hit. And so I think that that combined with everything else and social media being such a way to connect with people, that's another thing that that kind of escalates loneliness. And do you think the idea of loneliness, does it adjust as your life goes on? You know, maybe something that led you to feel disconnected as a as a youth as you get older either doesn't bother you or maybe you start to crave sure and i think that that goes to my point of it being fluid i think that you know yes there are some people that have kind of this chronic perception of themselves that they are either let's say less than or not worthy of certain things or they just feel different in a negative way from other people that 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 may be more fixed and they feel that way throughout their life and as a result make certain decisions with with kind of that self-construct in mind. But do I think that people who, you know, let's say felt really isolated and lonely in school because they felt different kind of as they got older came into their own and had more options and choices to connect with people that were more similar to them? Absolutely. We see that all the time. As people get older and they figure out who they are and what their needs are, what they want in life, we see them have the flexibility and ability to branch out as an adult. Whereas a child, you, you're, you're a lot more limited. When it comes to like the idea of being lonely and kind of being an introvert and just somebody who wants to stay within yourself, is that a, is there a, a line there where it flips from one to the other? Is it all basically desire? Like, you know, an introvert probably prefers you know, or is there something that, you know, maybe something starts as being an introvert and then it does move over to loneliness? Yeah, see, and I think that that's more of the, is it physical or mental and emotional? I think it has to do with how you perceive your surroundings. So, you know, an introvert, let's say, would prefer to be at home, right? Then, you know, let's say going out in a crowd. Um, I would way prefer sitting on my couch watching TV by myself, <laughs> but I'm by no means lonely when I'm in that situation. If I feel lonely and I want to connect with other people, then I make the effort to connect with other people. I think the loneliness happens when your resources are limited. I think the loneliness happens when you lack the skills, the social skills necessary to connect with other people. So I don't necessarily think being an introvert leads to to loneliness per se. I think it's based on identifying that you're lonely and then having the social emotional resources to be able to connect with other people. I think the problem becomes when you don't identify loneliness and then that translates into depression, which continues with social social isolation and, and you know, it moves that in that direction. Um, but I don't necessarily think introversion automatically is going to lead to loneliness because sometimes it's a preference. I think what can happen though, is that you know, people that prefer to be alone or prefer to not be around others and just for whatever their reasons prefer to be by themselves with kind of within their own head, I think it it may make you less able to, let's say, ask for help or 
to connect with other people or be able to read other people's need for maybe their own support, right? Because you're so used to being kind of by yourself and in your own head. So you may lose sight of that. But I think it's based on on need and acknowledging your own feelings and, and you know, what you need in any given moment. But I don't think pref- a preference to be home or a preference to not socialize leads to loneliness all the time. We need to take a break. We will have more with Dr. Jamie Zuckerman right after this. This is KYW News Radio in depth. And we are back on KYW News Radio in depth, continuing our conversation about loneliness with clinical psychologist Dr. Jamie Zuckerman. Is loneliness always a bad thing? And the thing, the first thing I I mean by that is is it maybe a good thing sometimes to feel lonely because it gives you an appreciation for the connections that you have or had or, or want to pursue. Is it always bad? I don't think anything's always bad as long as it's in moderation and you're able to adjust accordingly. So, you know, we always hear that saying, if we didn't have sadness, we wouldn't know what happiness was, right? We wouldn't appreciate it. So I think loneliness is inevitable, right? Just like sadness is inevitable. And, and you know, a lot of these emotions, we may not like them, but we have to experience them as part of the human condition. So I think that, you know, being lonely at times is inevitable. It could be something as simple as you didn't sleep well the night before, so your mood dips down. And so you you, you don't want to be around people, so it creates loneliness. I think it's an unavoidable feeling. I think the goal is, and that's not bad. I think feeling anything isn't bad because it's just that. It's just a feeling. When it becomes quote, bad or an issue is when you do something or act in a certain way to avoid feeling lonely and that behavior is unhealthy. So for example, let's say you're really lonely and the feeling is so uncomfortable for you that rather than being able to sit and tolerate it and sit with it until it passes, because it will, you engage in a behavior that's unhealthy just to get rid of that, that icky feeling. So you drink too much, right? You go out and you drink too much and then there's consequences to that. Or you try to connect with people that aren't really your people and, you know, you you don't enjoy yourself or you can't trust them, but you try to connect with them anyway. Or you go back to people, we see this all the time in breakups, go back to people that were unhealthy for you, but you're doing it because it's really difficult to tolerate feeling that loneliness. So again, I don't think the feeling itself is the issue. I think it's whether or not the behavior you do to get rid of it is toxic or not. With something like loneliness that you talk about being subjective and it literally the threshold could be different for every person. How hard is it to find that point, especially somebody in your line of work where you're digging into kind of what makes people tick and knowing what buttons to push to find out if they're they're lonely and the effect their loneliness is having because, you know, what you consider lonely, I might not consider lonely and that's probably the same for every person. Yeah, no, it's a great point. I, I ask people always, you know, what first to kind of do a value assessment, what their values are, right? And are their day-to-day behaviors in service of those values or are they taking them further away, right? So if you value being, let's say, a good employee, are the behaviors you're engaging in at work in line with those values? Or are they taking you further away? And what you find more often than not is the behaviors that take you further away from the things that you value put you more at risk for things like loneliness, social isolation, depression, and anxiety. So it is different for everybody. Everybody has a different threshold. And I think instead of focusing on 
the feeling because it's subjective. I always tell people to focus on their behaviors, things like, and this is kind of where that loneliness maybe goes into more of a deliberate social isolation, depression, anxiety realm. Look at the behaviors. Is the loneliness impacting you so much so that your sleeping is changing, your eating is changing, you're isolating more, you're missing deadlines for work, you're not doing um, you know, extracurricular activities that you normally would enjoy. It's much easier to look at the behaviors changing than it is the feeling because the feelings are so subjective. You referenced social media earlier, and I'm just curious, has the idea of social media where you can have all these connections, but a lot of them could be hollow, uh, but on the other end of it, you could have these really intense connections on social media and have very little maybe physically in person. Has it kind of changed the dynamic of loneliness because there was nothing like this, you know, 25 years ago and, and, and such? It's, it's, it's a completely different world in, on, in that way. I just had this conversation with my son. He did, couldn't wrap his head around the fact that I didn't have the Internet in college. <laughs> it just confused him so much. So, yeah, I think, you know, I, I think it has absolutely changed social and we know it's changed social interactions completely i think there's there's a benefit to social media and that people let's say who aren't good let's say they have social anxiety or they're not good face-to-face or they're just not good in person for whatever reason they are still able to connect with other people or people that have certain histories about them that they don't feel comfortable communicating to other people that have always made them feel different. They could connect with other people. Like if there's trauma or there's abuse or something like that. And that's an extreme example. I think it makes connecting with people easy, particularly during the pandemic, obviously. But I also think the flip side of it is that oftentimes these this, this social media interactions, they give us this illusion of connection. And, you know, we need that personal touch, you know, hugging, holding hands, touching somebody else's skin, being face to face, it releases certain chemicals in our brain. Um, And without that, it it definitely takes a toll on our mental wellness. So, you know, it, it will absolutely impact our, our mood, our quality of life. um, And it definitely leads to loneliness. If that is your sole means to communicate with other people, you're not opening yourself up to this whole other area of connection that has an actual neurological impact on you as well. And if you are experiencing like pretty intense feelings of loneliness, what are kind of the steps to address that? I mean, is it as simple as pick up the phone, call a friend, a family member, you know, go go to somebody's house? Because we talked about being more physical, mental, emotional, you know, but if, if someone does feel like they're being overwhelmed, what would you recommend? Like, what are the first steps on the, on the path? So I think if there's depression involved, I think, you know, picking up the phone to call somebody is a really difficult task for somebody who's depressed. So I, if it's loneliness, but not, we're we're not really talking about depression. Um, you know, again, I like people to kind of look at what they value. What are the things that they're, not doing that they typically enjoy and start to actually schedule them in your calendar, right? Actually put reminders in. And if it's something that's too overwhelming, it sounds too much like going to dinner with somebody sounds like an absolute nightmare right now to you, then maybe taking a walk with them is easier. Or maybe taking a walk by yourself and at least you see people and you can start by just saying hello to strangers or sitting in a coffee shop and having people come up to you or just going to a restaurant and talking to a waiter or waitress as they take their order. So you can start really small. 
Um, but try to figure out the things that you used to do and then start with those and modify them until you figure out something that you're comfortable with and slowly start to build on that. Because what you don't want to do is set this goal of something that you used to do that seemed easy at the time, but now because you're not feeling so great, it sounds like a really, you know, really difficult task. So start, I like to say, insultingly small. Start insultingly small. Now, if depression is in the mix and reaching out to somebody or going for a walk is not even an option, that's where I think sometimes social media can kind of start to push you in the right direction because at least you're interacting, you're using your brain, you're having to talk to other people. But something is as, as ridiculous as walking to go get your mail, right? You may run into a neighbor, you may, you know, just decide to stand outside and just that alone, just interacting with your environment. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be a person. There's something to be said for sitting outside rather than sitting, you know, in your basement or in your room. So there's that. And I think for other people noticing when somebody else is, you know, maybe not interacting the way that they usually do, or they're, they've been socially isolated for that person to maybe send a text message, reach out and something as simple as, don't need to respond, just checking in, want you to know I'm here. Knowing that you don't have to respond to somebody can really kind of make that person even more likely to respond because they don't feel that pressure. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.